Welcome everyone to Torah Today Ministries as we continue our series called Parsha Seasonings. And this episode we find ourselves in the final portion of the book of Numbers, the Torah portion called the Masay. It comes from the second word of the portion, which says, Ve'ela Masay B'nai Yisrael. These are the journeys of the children of Israel. And chapter 33, the first chapter of our portion, lists the 42 journeys that Israel took from Egypt until they came up to the Jordan River to cross over into the Promised Land. There's a phrase that you find in this Torah portion 42 times, because there were 42 journeys, and it's this phrase, Vayisu, Vayachanu, and they set out and they encamped. They set out and we give the place they set out from, and they encamped, and we give the name of the place where they encamped. Vayasu, Vayachanu. You know, as you read through this chapter, you keep seeing this picture. They set out, they encamp. They set out, they encamp. And the word for Masay, journeys, is the same root as for Vayisu, uh, it's the word Nasa, which means to kind of lift up, because you'd pull up your tent stakes, pick up everything, pick up your feet, and walk forth. But then they would camp. This puts me in mind of a person walking. Think of a person walking, and just think of one foot at a time. The foot is lifted and moves forward, then it comes down and it rests. And then it lifts up, moves forward, comes down and rest over and over and over again. And much has been made of these 42 encampments. 42 is a very interesting number in Scripture. And if you ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know that 42 is the answer to the question of the life, the universe, and everything. But that's another story. But there's something interesting about this number that appears only in the Hebrew. And that is over in the Shema. Now, almost everyone is familiar with this probably most famous passage from the Torah. And in red, we have the six words of the Shema itself. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Adonai our God, Adonai is Echad. He's one. And you notice that the last letter of Shema and the last letter of Echad are written oversized. This is how they appear in every Torah scroll. And the rabbis surmise that the reason these two letters are written oversized is because together they spell the word aid, ayin dalet, aid, which means testimony. And the Shema is Israel's testimony to the world. And the Shema means more than that there's just one God. There were other religions around in the day that also believed in only one God. But when they say that Adonai our God, Adonai is Echad, it has the weight of meaning that He truly runs the world. He is everywhere, and every breath you take is intimately connected with His will and His oversight. And uh, it, it really carries the, the power of saying that his presence infuses everything. Now, 
Judaism and the scriptures do not teach pantheism, where there are many gods and everything is a god. Not at all. But it does teach what is called panentheism, which means that the one true God is everywhere and in everything. And if he wasn't, that thing would not exist. But it's being upheld by his presence, by his will, and even by his very breath. The rabbis refer to this as God's sustaining utterance. Uh, They say when God spoke the universe into existence, he more or less sang it into existence. And if he were to ever pause to take a breath, the whole universe would just crumble back into nothingness. But he's just sustaining it by his, his voice. It's a beautiful picture and just a way to think about this and to visualize um, how intimately God is, is involved with his creation. Now, why am I bringing up the Shema while we're talking about Massey and the 42 encampments? Well, interestingly enough, the passage that follows, which is almost always quoted along with Hero Israel, is the next passage, Viahavta et Adonai Leheka, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your meodeka, which is best translated resources. And these words I command you today shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them to your children. And you shall speak of them when you walk in the way, when you lie down, when you sit in your home, when you rise up, when you walk in the way. I got the order wrong. And, uh, and it goes on to say, you shall bind them to your hand and they shall be front lips between your eyes. You shall write them upon your, they, uh, upon your doorpost, your mezuzot, to beateka, the, the doorpost of your house, uvisherecha, and upon your gates. 42 words, exactly 42 words in the Hebrew. It's as if God has spoken, Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God, Lord is one. And then they began to leave Egypt. And the power of this faith in this one God that they're going to hear, because the word Shema means not only to hear, but to obey. And as they obey him, as they did in Egypt when they took the, the lamb and put his blood on their mezuzot and uh, on their, their lentils, and they roasted the body of the lamb, that then they began their journey. They walked out. And they walked out of Egypt out of a love for God because of what he had done for them. He passed them from death to life, from slavery to freedom. But the end of the journey is that his word should be proclaimed through their homes and even on the gates of their cities. So the whole world might know this one God. So this 42 word journey is at the very heart and soul of the 42 journeys and encampments of the children of Israel during those 40 years in the wilderness. Now I want to change gears just for a moment. And I want to look at a, a passage that comes from Exodus. And I just took this one from Exodus 26, 14 where God is giving Moses instructions for building the tabernacle. He says, And you shall make a covering for the tent of ram's skins dyed red and a covering of tachash skins above. Tachash, there's the word. Tav, chet, shin, tachash. And if your translators are really doing their job, they will not try to translate this word. But uh, just leave it tachash, because no one 
knows what takash skins are, what animal they came from. Some translations will put it's, uh, it's goat skin, but we have other terms for goat skins. Some say it's uh, very fine leather, maybe, but what do they base that on? There are some that even say that they are badger skins. Some say porpoise skins. Some say they're the skins of sea cows or manatees. And then the Talmud suggests that they are unicorn skins, which explains what happened to all the unicorns. But we don't know. And so we have all these wild guesses because people are scrambling around to try to come up with something. I think it's best just to leave it takash skins. And this word takash is found a dozen times in the Torah and always in reference to the tabernacle and this outside covering. So when you saw the tent of the tabernacle, you know, you had embroidered coverings that were then covered with the red uh, dyed uh, ram skins. And then on top of that was this covering of takash skins. So when you saw it, what you saw was takash skins, whatever those were. But there's a real key given to us over in the book of Ezekiel. In chapter 16 of Ezekiel, Ezekiel describes how God found Israel. And he describes Israel as being this young woman. And she's just in the dirt. But he picks her up. He washes her. He clothes her in the very finest of clothing. He puts jewelry on her, puts a crown on her head. And it says this in verse 10. I also clothed you with embroidered cloth and put sandals of takash skin on your feet. This is the only reference to takash skins outside of the outer covering of the tabernacle. And what is it? It's shoe leather. I'm sure it's a very exquisite shoe leather, but nevertheless, a material out of which God made shoes for his bride. So, let's carry this back over to the journeyings. Forty-two times it says that they, they set out and then they encamped. And every time they encamped, the tabernacle was reconstructed and there's the takash skins. It's almost as if God's presence not only is just going through the wilderness with them and accompanying them through these journeys, but it's like the tabernacle is his footwear and the takar skins is his shoe leather. And every time he put his foot down and the camp stopped for a period of time, the tabernacles reconstructed, there you saw God's shoe. The tabernacle is where his presence encounters the earth, just as when you walk where your foot encounters the ground. It's an amazing picture. It's an amazing picture. But we also see that God made takash skins for footwear for his bride. It's almost like we're united and we're walking together. God's presence and us and God's presence and us as we walk in this world. It's an amazing picture. It's the kind of picture you find only in the Hebrew of the scriptures. And this puts me in mind of Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2, a beautiful passage. Thus says Adonai, heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. 
In other words, the weight of my presence is in the heavenly realm, the unseen realm, the realm that is not visible from here. But this earth, that's where I prop up my feet. That's my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares Adonai. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Through the prophet, God is saying, you want to build me a house? You want to to do all these things for me? My presence is in heaven. That's where my throne is. The earth is my footstool. Then he goes on and says, but this is what really is important for me. You want to know where I really dwell on earth? You find the man who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Now that gets my attention. There is a place on earth where I will dwell. There is a person who also becomes my shoe leather, who becomes my hand and my my feet in this world to do my will. That's where I'm going to occupy. It's a beautiful picture. And I trust that as you study these 42 camps, not much information is given about them, only a few. Uh, I trust that you will take to heart the fact that all of your journeyings in this life Every step you take in this life is recorded by God. And every step you take and every step of progress, including the tests and the failures, all matter to him and they're being recorded in a book. Now, at the risk of making a shameless commercial plug, I want to share a book with you that I wrote just uh, last year, I believe it was. And it's called 40 Years at 42 Camps. And uh, what I did is I took each of the 42 camps and wrote, I guess you would call it a devotional. And it takes the Hebrew name of that camp and pulls it apart. And and then we disassemble and unlock what these camps meant. And uh, you can just read it straight through, use as a study book. But I think its value is primarily as something for a devotional. And uh, so 42 or 40 years at 42 camps. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. So thank you for listening. And until next time, when we step into the book of Deuteronomy with the first portion, Devarim, I wish you shalom and may God bless. Until next time.